Well, thank you for having me. I want a, th- a massive thank you to Pastor Dexter. I've gotten to know him over the last, or oh, I think we met in March uh, this year. And he's, a, he's an amazing pastor. You guys have got a great pastor. Him and uh, Demi as well. They're, they're incredible couples. So thank you for having me tonight. And um, we've had the best weekend with a bunch of your uh, married couples uh, up there at uh, the Glory Orchard Farm, which is incredible. We had just such an amazing time. It was great meeting some of your um, married couples and stuff. So, yeah, I just want to uh, extend a warm welcome to you. Um, now, a little bit about myself. You're probably thinking, who is this guy? I don't know. You know, whenever you get a guest speaker, you know, the first few minutes, you sort of, you know, you got to check him out. You got to think, oh, who is this guy? Let's see. Let's see what he's about. Let's see if, you know, if he's, he's worth listening to and stuff. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. So as, um, as, you're, uh, as you just heard, um, I, we pastor, my wife and I pastor a church called Urban Church. We started that church six years ago in the western suburbs. It's currently located in Mosman Park. And it's been quite an amazing journey. God's doing some incredible things uh, over in our church. And before that, I was at Perth Christian Life Centre, which is a large church down in uh, Canningvale, which is now... It was Life City, but now it's Kingdom City. So we were there for 13 years and saw God doing amazing things there. We were um, part of the, the, the leadership team there. I was the worship pastor there for, for many years, and my wife ran the Supernatural School of Ministry. And so uh, we've been around church ministry and church life for many, many years, and I love worship. I absolutely love worship. And I remember when we were about to plant the church, someone asked me, so, you know, are you going to be a... A, a, a pastor, you, you've got to give up worship leading and, and just be a pastor. And I thought, no, I'm not going to give up worship leading. I'm going to still worship lead because I love it. I actually absolutely love playing the guitar. I love leading worship. And really, God, that's what God's looking for. He's looking for worshipers, isn't he? The Bible says that when we worship him, we worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So I absolutely love music, love worship. And you guys have got an incredible band here, incredible team. And so um, I'm really excited to be here. So a uh, little, little bit more about me. I, I became a Christian at 19 years old. So uh, I, I, I was brought up in a strict uh, uh, religious sort of Christian family, but at the age of 16, I left home and I got involved in the wrong crowd. Then I got involved in drugs. And for all of my teenage years, I was on some pretty heavy drugs. Then I had an encounter with God in the laundry of a house. God met me and I gave my life to Jesus. I came to my senses. You know the story of the prodigal son where the prodigal son went and wasted his life. And then the scripture said he came to his senses. That was what happened to me. I came to my senses. I realized that what I had done, what, what I'd been doing was just so wrong. I was lost in sin and I gave my life to Jesus. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it radic- God radically changed my life from one of serious drug addictor, serious drug addiction to now wholehearted worshiper. Now I just, I love Jesus. I've given him my whole life. And there's nothing better than having a relationship with God. There's nothing better than knowing that you're forgiven, that you're loved, that you're a child of God. 
It, it, you know, when you, when you start to really realize that you're a child of God, it gives you that sense of confidence and that sense of boldness. You know, when I was coming out of that drugs, out of that drugs, I went through cold turkey and honestly, drugs is terrible. It, it, it really messed up my mind and I couldn't even have a conversation with people. I was so gripped with fear and intimidation, even though I'd given my life to Jesus. And yet I still uh, found it hard to communicate with people, to talk and I remember uh, my sister and brother-in-law who were looking after me and, and pastoring me and discipling me in those early years. They took me to a council and they said, is, is Steve, is he, is, is he always going to be like this? And the council said, well, he's taken some serious drugs and it looks like he's, he's really messed up his mind. But I'm here to tell you by the power of Jesus Christ, he radically changed me. And what I did when I first got saved... I had this Bible. I had a Bible. Actually, not this particular one. I've still got the Bible when I got saved. That was 28 years ago. And it's all like, you know, all, you know, falling apart and everything. But I used to carry that Bible around everywhere I went. And I used to uh, read it. And, and, and God used to speak to me so clearly out of, about who I was, my identity. Such a powerful, powerful time where he just radically transformed me and changed me. And God's still doing that. God still does it. He's still changing us and transforming us. Even when we first gave our lives to Jesus and now even as we walk with him and allow his spirit to work in our lives, he continually transforms us and changes us, doesn't he? Amen. I mean, well, I'm um, so blessed to be here and I get to bring the word of God with uh, to you today. And so um, if you've got your Bibles, turn them on. <laughs> or open them up <laughs> to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 17. You know, I loved the, the, the worship that you had uh, here and just the, the lyrics of the worship, so powerful because a, a lot of, I noticed a lot of the songs you picked were about the kingdom. And um, how many know that the kingdom is bigger than the church or bigger than a church? You're a part of the kingdom. Yes, God is doing amazing things in this church. I, I, I love what God is doing here, but you guys are a part of the kingdom. And, and when Jesus uh, walked on the planet, he spoke often of the kingdom. And he spoke often of uh, his message was repent for the kingdom of God is near or the kingdom of God is nigh or the kingdom of God is coming. That word repent just means change your thinking, change your perception because the kingdom of God was about to come. So the only way you can experience is to change your thinking, change your mind, repent. And so to, um, tonight I want to talk about the kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than the church. Um, <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 17. <clears throat> this, this is an amazing scripture because um, let me give you a little bit of background. This scripture was, uh, was when, when Moses was given the Ten Commandments and God spoke to Moses about uh, his statutes and, uh, and the law and he wrote down these commandments. So I want to read you this from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Amen. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for your word that brings life. Lord, I thank you for your word that brings clarity to us. Lord, I thank you for your word that leads us to an encounter with you, leads us to the reality of who you are. And so, Jesus, I just pray that we might be open, that we might be hungry, Lord, to feed and to feast off your word. Speak to our hearts. Speak to each and every person here tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay. So here we have this scripture, amazing scripture. It says, you shall diligently keep the commandments. Everybody say commandments. Then it says his testimonies. Everybody say testimonies. And it says his statutes. Everybody say statutes. 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 So the commandments, well, that's pretty easy. The commandments are obviously what God says in his word, his, his rules, his law. We're to keep his law, his ways. And we've got that written out for us. It's very easy to know what God says because it's right here in black and white in, in his letters and in his word. And then it says, you shall keep his statutes. Now, his statutes basically mean his principles, his ways of living, the things that God has taught us, his principles. But then it says, his testimonies, you shall keep the testimonies. You know what the testimonies are? The testimonies are what God has done, the good works that God has done, not only in Scripture, but the good works that God has done in your life. The time that you got saved, that you first encountered Him, the time that God came through for you, the time that that promise that um, you've been believing for and God came through, that miracle that happened in your life, that's, that's a testimony. And here in Scripture, it's saying you've got to keep the testimony. You've got to remember and declare what God has done. So it's so important to remind each other and tell each other, what's God doing in your life? What, what, tell me a testimony of what God has done in your life. Maybe tell me how you got saved. I love meeting new people and finding out what's your story. What's God done in your life? And, and start sharing them. And that reminds you about what God is like. It reminds you how good God is. So to keep the testimony is to remember and declare what God has done. So often in Scripture, we see the children of Israel, or the people of Israel, they, what did they do? They forgot what God had done for them and the signs, the wonders, the miracles, how he parted the Red Sea. We read that story. He sent plagues against their enemies. He fed, he clothed them. Their clothes didn't even wear out. Do you remember those stories in, in, uh, in the Old Testament where he provided supernaturally for them food and water and manna from heaven? Do you remember those stories? He led them by a fire by night and by a cloud by day. Water flowed out of the rock. There's so many good stories about how, what God had done for his people. But what happened? They forgot. They didn't remember the testimonies. They forgot what God had done in their lives. And what happened when they forgot? They went other, after other gods. They started following other idols. And we have got that propensity to forget what God has done in our lives. If we don't keep reminding ourselves, remind yourself, what has God done in your life? Remind each other. Um, that, this is called remembering the testimony. In Revelations chapter 2, verse 4, there's a warning that Jesus gave to his church. He said, don't forget your first love. And I've been a Christian for 28 years, and I remember that there have been times in my life 
where I've had to go back and remember what God had done in my life. Remember how he saved me in the laundry of a house, totally addicted to drugs and he radically changed my life and he forgave me and he gave me a brand new start. I've got, it's so important to remind yourself and don't forget your first love. Amen. The moment you first believed that you encountered God, he washed all of your sin away. Amen. I really feel that this is what God is saying to you guys tonight. Don't forget what he has done. Don't forget the good things. Remind yourself when you're feeling a little bit down, feeling you had a tough week, you're feeling that things are going all wrong or you're in a bit of a, a, a difficult time or a storm in your life or, or whatever, remind yourself, what has God done in my life? What has he spoken over me? How has he touched me? How has he changed me? So keep the testimony. The word testimony is amazing. The word testimony, part of the word testimony in the Greek means to do again. Isn't that amazing? It means to do again. And it's in the remembering and declaring that it's the seed for God to perform it again, to do it again. So when you start talking to someone about what God has done in your life or a a miracle that's happened or God spoke to you or something that God has done in your life, as you're telling that, it builds faith. And it's like, God can do this again. If God did this for you, if God healed you, he can heal me. If God provided a job for you, he can provide a job for me. If God touched my family, he can do that for me. He can do that for my family. The the word testimony means to do again. So we need to talk about God's amazing works, what he has done. It creates an atmosphere in your life. You can always tell when uh, uh, someone... Is, is talking about God. They've got this atmosphere about them. They're always excited when they come to church. They're excited about what God's doing in their life. There's an atmosphere on their lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, let's turn to that scripture. This is an amazing scripture. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It says this, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. How many know here, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Remember that, um, that nursery rhyme, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's totally not true. <laughs> because words do cut. Words do hurt. When someone says something bad to you, it hurts. When someone messages you something bad, when you read something on, you know, on your Facebook uh, post or whatever, words do hurt. There's power in the tongue, in what you say. Words have power in matters of life and death. And we see this, of course, in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, the book of origin, origins, the book of beginnings, where God, when God created the heavens and the earth, he said, let us make man. He declared the worlds in, into existence. He declared the, uh, the, the, the birds of the air into existence. He declared the sun and the moon and the stars. He created by the power of his word. When he spoke, something happened. And guess what? We've been created in the image and the likeness of God. That means we have power in our words. There's something creative, something powerful in what we say. So we need to watch what we say. 
don't we? We need to be careful of what we confess, what we say. In Genesis, it talks about how God said when he created man and woman, he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing. God's, God's given us the responsibility and the authority to have dominion. Dominion means to rule, to take possession, to subdue. God's desire for you is to you to live in your authority. You know, when, you're, when, when you are born again, when you are filled with God's spirit and you speak something, it is powerful. It is powerful, especially when you speak the word of God, praying out the word of God loud. Even we just sang about it, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. When we speak that out, when we say that out, something powerful happens. And even when Jesus taught us to pray in, sorry, in Matthew Chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, that amazing Lord's Prayer. It says, Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that, when we pray, God, let your kingdom come, let your will in done, let your will be done. That's a strong declaration. We can release the power of God. We can release God's reality and God's promises and God's truth and God's kingdom in our world. So when we speak it out, we declare it. We have authority to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that, when we speak it out, we can speak God's will over our lives. We can speak God's will over our bodies. If we're sick, we can, we can declare, God, by your stripes, I have been healed. We can speak that over our bodies. We can speak it over our circumstances, over our family. If God wants it and he's all powerful and he's given you authority, then you can declare it. That's pretty amazing. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty amazed by that. Don't believe the lie that God's holding out on you. God wants to partner with you and to bring his kingdom and his realm and his blessing and his, uh, everything that he has. He wants to bring it into your life and in your world. Yes, God wants to do that for you. He's given you dominion, authority over every sickness, over every evil lie, over every situation, over every storm. And you need to know what God says. Amen. You need to know what this scripture says. What does the Bible say about this situation? We've got it all in here, haven't we? I love, I love this scripture. I love the word of God. But the word of God, when you partner it with the spirit of God and you partner it with your voice, it's super powerful. We can declare it. And it's not name it, claim it either. Now, who's heard of Comic-Con? Yeah, Comic-Con. So Comic-Con happened, uh, I think it was about four or five months ago in, in Perth. And if you've never gone to Comic-Con, you've got to experience it. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy, incredible. Everybody gets dressed up in their favourite, you know, uh, character, Avengers character or whatever. And um, it was at the uh, Perth Convention Centre. And I went for the first time. So someone got me a ticket and I went, no, oh, why not? I'll go. And I went with a friend and it was incredible. It was like... The people walking around in just crazy comic costumes and, and Avengers costumes and fantasy costumes and it was awesome. But the, the one thing that I liked was there, you could actually buy swords. 
And I've always wanted a sword. Who's always wanted a sword? Well, maybe it was just me. I've always wanted a big sword, so I bought one. Where is it? It was here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Check this out. You ready? Yeah. This could be dangerous. <laughs> but how cool is this? It's Gandalf's sword. I've always wanted a sword, so I thought I'm going to buy it. I'm going to use it in a sermon. <laughs> how awesome is this? But do you remember that scripture? Where does it say? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Let's read that scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit moan and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. That's the word of God. That's the sword. It's like, yes, we have the sword of the spirit right here. No, not really. But here's the problem. Here's what we do. We get this sword and we use it against people. We go, uh, uh, that's Old Covenant. That's Old Testament. The sword of the Word of God is, see, see how it's double-edged? It's got these two edges and it says here, it's double-edged. It's, it's a two-edged sword. I used to think, why is it two-edged sword? It's not, my first point, it's not to be used against people. The word of God is not to be used against people. The first thing, the, the double-edgedness of this sword, the first edge is to be used against ourselves. It says the word of God will even penetrate to the core of who? Our being, where soul and spirit marrow and, and meet. So we've, get, we've got to get this word this scripture into our bones and into our lives. We've got to make it a part of us. We've got to renew our minds with the word. What does God say about me? What is, uh, first, use it against ourselves. Allow the word of God to speak first into your heart and your soul, your mind and your life. Now, number two, the other edge is to use it against spiritual wickedness. What's this? The lies of the enemy. How many know we have an enemy? He's out to steal, to kill, to destroy us. It's not people. People are not an enemy. We're supposed to love them. <laughs> We're supposed to love people. But that, the, 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 I'm going to stop waving this around because, you know, someone could get hurt here. I'll just put it up here. The sword of the spirit. Two-edged sword. First edge to use in our hearts, our soul, our mind, our life. The second edge to use against the enemy, the lies of the enemy that he speaks to us. He, he lies to us against fear, anxiety, sickness, situations. When we pray God's will and God's kingdom in a situation, we are wielding the sword. When we're praying... We're using the Word of God. We're using the sword of the Spirit. And, and, and the Word is what God says, what His intentions are for His kingdom. We overcome the enemy by resisting Him, by using our authority. And no, God says, I'm loved. You're not loved. No, God says, I am loved. I'm not alone. The enemy said, you're alone. No, I am not alone. God, God said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. 
I can do all things through Christ. He forgives all of my sin and heals all of my diseases. He hasn't really forgiven you. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's, you've got to get the sword of the word out. No, he forgives all my sin. He's my provider. I declare healing. I bless this situation. I bless this person. I release heaven's finance over my life. This is the Father's desire and his kingdom come and his will be done in your life. Isn't that awesome? Man, I'm telling you, when you understand the power of the word of God and you start using it first against, first in your life and then against the lies of the enemy, Something supernatural happens. What do you say to yourself in a difficult situation when you're faced with a challenge, a setback? Do you go to the Word of God and say, okay, what does God say about that? He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my strength in this situation. Get the word of God in you. And faith and confession is living from your authority. Faith is seeing and trusting God's word. But here's the thing. Jesus said, and we just read it. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 16, 9. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then in Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority has been given. So we've been given this amazing authority to use the Word of God, to allow it to penetrate our hearts, allow it to change our minds and to use it against the voice of the enemy that is constantly pulling us down, constantly speaking against our identity. No, I'm a son of God. No, I'm a daughter of God. Whatever you are, (laughs) God is with you. Amen. Amen. Your words are powerful. Your words are very powerful. You were created in God's image. Your words carry weight. They can determine the direction of your life. That's why I believe prophecy is so important. I love prophecy because you're declaring God's intention or God's word over someone's life. And it's more than having a positive outlook or positive thinking, or it's more than just sort of name it, claim it. You've got to be in relationship with God. You have to know what, uh, who God is. You know, Here's, here's what it's like. Try clap. Everybody get one hand. Put one hand up. Now try and clap with that one hand. Y- you can't. You've got to use two hands to clap. It's the same with the Word of God. You've got to use the Word of God and then you've got to have uh, faith as well. So you've got to have the Word of God and with faith. And when you have the Word of God and faith, Something supernatural happens. Something happens. That's what clapping is like. It's like speaking, the, speaking out the truth of his kingdom and then believing it. It's really, really powerful. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says this, For with the heart a person believes and so is justified, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. So you're believing your heart, you're confessing with your mouth. You're believing what God says in his word. You're getting to know what the word says and then you start speaking it out. That's powerful. That's like clapping. Everybody give a clap. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And here's the thing. With with the authority that God's given you, It's not just a name it, claim it either. It's not like, well, the word says I'm just going to claim it, name it, 
claim it and then I've, I've got it like a lucky charm. No, it's, it's because you're in relationship with God. It's because you're in relationship with Jesus. It's because you know him. You know, it's like this scripture I read about the keys. If, if Pastor Dexter gives someone the keys here, the keys to this building, he gives it to that person because he's in relationship with him. He knows who that person is. It's like, I can trust him. I know him. I'm going to give him this key so he can lock up the building. He won't give it to anybody or to someone that he hasn't got a relationship with. It's the same in God. God wants to give you keys, but you've got to be in relationship with him. You've got to come into the knowledge of, uh, uh, and, and, and um, into relationship with him and be in intimacy with him. And then he gives you the keys of the kingdom and you're able to bind on earth what is bound in heaven. And you're able to loose on earth what is loosed in heaven. That's literally bringing the kingdom of God into your world. Amen? Amen. So let me close with this. With the power of declaration, there's also a warning to us. It says there's also death. So the power of speaking, death and, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So there's also death as well. There's a warning that God gives us into relation in relation to what we declare and speak out. Like I said before, that nursery rhyme, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's, that's not true. Words do harm. Whoever wrote that didn't know the Bible. Jesus warned us that we'll need to give an account for every idle work we speak on Judgment Day. And I really sense that there's people here and you've had words spoken over your life that have been damaging, that have been hurtful. Someone said something to you, maybe a person in authority, might even be a parent or a previous leader, not this guy, he's amazing. But maybe you've, you, you've had people speak really hurtful words over you and they've cut you, they've cut into your, into your heart and it's like, man, that's really hurt me. And you're, at certain times, you're reminded of that, that word that someone said to you. Maybe a father figure or a church leader or a boss or person that you knew. You know, when they spoke that word over you, that brought discouragement. It's like a word curse and it's like cursed you. And every time you think of it, 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 it like makes you shrink back. It, it brings you anxiety or brings you fear. And it's like, I remember what... They said to me, and it causes you to shrink back. There was no love, no compassion, no tenderness in what was spoken to you. And you remember it. It goes around in your head. That's the power of words. It's a curse spoken over you. And I really feel that God wants to break those curses, break those word curses over people's lives tonight. God's giving you back the keys of the kingdom to break every curse and to release blessing grace and favour upon you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Is that all right? Can you guys come up? So tonight, I want to declare something over you. And I really sense that there's some people here that you've had words spoken over you that have been really hurtful and they've really damaged uh, 
damage your life. And every time you maybe you think about this person or you're about to step out in faith, there's this memory of this person that has spoken fear over you or spoken a harsh word over your life. And I really feel that God wants to break that off you tonight. He wants to break the curse off you tonight. So tonight I want to declare this word shalom over you. This word shalom. There are people here that need healing, who need a touch, need a prophetic word. This word shalom, it's a Hebrew word. It has various meanings. It means peace, wholeness. It means to be safe, to be complete. It means to be well, to happy. It means to be healthy, prosperous. But overarching all of that, this word shalom, it means, that, it means this. When it is paid, for then there is peace. Isn't that beautiful? And God wants to declare this word over you, shalom, because it's been paid for. Those damaging words over your life, those lies of the enemy that he's spoken over you have been cancelled. God wants to bring healing for past hurts and word curses tonight. So would you just stand with me right now? And I want everybody here just to close your eyes in this moment. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to start ministering here right now. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you that you are here already, Lord. And so right now, we just shift our awareness to what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. Lord, maybe we've come tonight and we've needed to hear from you. We've needed to get rid of this fear or this anxiety that we've been struggling with. Maybe just as I've been speaking tonight, You've been reminded of something that someone has said about you that has been really hurtful and it's really damaged you and it's really rocked your confidence. I'm here tonight to say that God loves you. He will never condemn you. He only wants to lift you up and He wants to break off those word curses. He wants to break off the lies of the enemy that you're not loved, that you're not forgiven that God's left you. That bad things are happening to you because God doesn't love you. That's a lie from the enemy. God is here right now. Holy Spirit is really here right now and He wants to minister His life and His health and His freedom and He wants to break off those lies of the enemy and that curse of, of words that have been spoken over you. So tonight, right now, I just pray for each person. Would you just hold out your hands right now? Just hold out your hands in this place. And let me just pray and then we're going to sing a song. Father, right now, I just pray for each and every person here tonight. Lord, I thank you that you love them. I thank you that Holy Spirit, you're working in them. Lord, that you're bringing back to remembrance those things that are maybe not from you that need to be broken off their lives. And so right now, Jesus, I pray that you minister your life and your healing and your wholeness over every mind. Let anxiety be broken. Let worry be gone. Let the power 
of that ang- those anxious fears or anxious words be broken in Jesus' name. And let fear go because you have given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. So Father, I just release that over this congregation tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this song together.